Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Beyond the Album Cover of yours truly, Jarrell Mason, where we get inside the entertainment and outside the entertainment industry with those in the know and giving them their flowers while they're here to be celebrated. With me on the podcast, I have once again my man from WGHP Channel 8, the Triad Area, Greensboro, Winston-Salem, High Point, shout out to the 336, my man Brandon Blakely. Brandon, what's going on, bro? Hey, man, it's another day. We are live and healthy on the garage, bro. I appreciate you having me on the show once again, man. Yes, sir. I have to do it once again. And first off, Happy New Year to you. Get all the pleasantries out the way and everything like that there. Yes, sir. Same, same. All right. So go ahead and kicking it off. We know that the big game is going to be this Sunday, which is the Super Bowl. And this is the first time that a team has played the Super Bowl in their stadium, which is what TB12 did when they beat the Green Bay Packers two weeks ago in the NFC Conference title game. So who do you think will win in the matchup between Brady and Mahomes? And I think this storyline is old school GOAT meets new school GOAT. So you're going with TB12 or Mahomes? Most definitely, man. I think this is one of the most evenly matchups that we've seen in the Super Bowl in a few years on um, two very high-powered offenses. Um, the Chiefs' defense is very much improved from a year ago. Uh, the Bucks have a stout defense of their own. Um, I think what's funny about this game to me is that two players that caught a lot of hell, uh, former Steelers, Le'Veon Bell, as well as Antonio Brown, will both be playing in the Super Bowl. Um, while the Steelers are at home watching these two guys, uh, both guys that took a lot of slack in the media and, you know, have bounced around a little bit to some teams, but uh, both of them contributors to both squads. So I'm excited for those two guys. Um, a lot has been said about Patrick Mahomes being the next GOAT, Brady leading the way right now with the most Super Bowls. I think if Mahomes has a chance to catch Brady, it, he needs to kind of this will be a pivotal moment for him in that sense because uh, it'll be up against Brady. The window in the NFL drill, as you know, is so small, man. And your chances to win a Super Bowl, it can seem like you got a dynasty one year, and then, you know, we've seen it with the Seattle team. We've seen it with the 49ers and other teams of recent, uh, the Patriots as well. You know, dynasties don't last forever. So I think this is a big opportunity, man, for Pat Mahomes to really submit his legacy a little bit more and continue that climb to catch Brady. Um, this this offense, man, I don't think we've seen anything as exciting. I was doing a show earlier in the week, um, the rundown on Tobacco Sports Radio with Desmond Johnson. And, uh, same thing, man, since the 99 Rams, man, that was the greatest show on the turf. I don't know if we've seen an offense like the Chiefs since then, just how guys are just moving everywhere. It's entertaining. They're spreading the rock out. Mahomes, man, we've never seen a quarterback like this, in my opinion. I mean, he's Jason Kidd with the no-look passes out there. He's throwing it behind his back, under his leg. He's got a cannon. Man, I uh, it's hard to go against the Chiefs, man. I I, uh, I think it's going to be a very close game. I think it'll be a shootout. Um, I'm going to give the nod to the Chiefs, but I think it'll be a really, really, really close game. And um, I, I expect both quarterbacks to come out slinging that thing. Yeah, I got the Chiefs winning by at least three, but if the Bucks can get pressure on Mahomes, 
then I think they have a shot. But as we saw when the Chiefs played Buffalo, you cannot contain them. They're like a Swiss Army knife. You got Hill, you got Kelsey, you got Bell, Edwards Hilaire. I mean, they're just loaded on offense. And you mentioned the fact, the greatest show on turf with those late 90s, early 2000s Rams teams. They're like a hyper version of that. And also shout out to Tory Holt, Greensboro native, played at NC State, was on those great Rams teams. So it's mm-hmm. pretty much like... Man, fast break on the field. Definitely, and it's it's crazy to me. Um, I think one integral part of the game will be the defensive line, the trenches, um, the line of scrimmage. What we saw when you mentioned the Buffalo game is, man, they had Josh Allen out there running for his life, um, Okafor, as well as um, Frank Clark and these defensive linemen and these speed rushers, man. They are flying around the field, pressuring the quarterback, collapsing the pocket. If they can do that and make Burr uncomfortable, all the teams do that they lost to when he was with the Patriots. If they can do that, if Tyron Matthew, Honey Badger, and this secondary can make some plays, this ball hawking secondary can force some turnovers, man, I think uh, they could really be the difference in this contest. Right. And in the NFL this past weekend, they dropped what would be considered like a funk master flex bomb with the trade of Jared Goff and Matt Stafford. Goff going to the Lions and Stafford going to the Rams and they gave up a bevy of picks. So what do you make of the QB swap? Um, I think the Lions definitely finesse. They get two first round picks in the next two drafts. Um, they get a third-round pick this year. They unload the contract of Stafford. Um, they get a, a potential uh, budding star in golf who had his prom seasons in 2017-18. Um, he's been on a down slump uh, through, I think, 12 picks this year, 20 touchdowns, something like that. Was down a little bit in yards. Still threw for a good amount, though. Um, they get a guy that, you know, they can maybe build around still 26, 27, you know, in that age range. He's on the right side of 30. So, you know, you get a young quarterback where you can potentially build around him or he could be a bridge guy until you find the guy you need while you're figuring some things out because um, I'm not, you know, with Matt Patricia and the Lions got a lot to, to figure out, man. Um, coaching situation, new coach coming in there. And um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I think – the the most excited people about the trade of the Dodgers broadcasters so they can just continue to um, reiterate to us how close uh, Matthew Stafford and Clayton Kershaw are and how they were childhood friends. Now they're reunited in L.A., so I know they're just licking their chops about that. Um, I think the move to L.A. is going to revitalize the career of Stafford, though, man. I think – Playing with that offense, you got Robert Woods. Um, you know, they're, they're exciting. Cooper Cup, you got a young running back in Cam Akers out of Florida State who fans around here in the ACC are, you know, familiar of. You got a young, talented team. You got probably the, if not the best defense, top three defense in the league. Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald were generational types talent on that defensive line. I think this is a very exciting team we could see next year, Jarrell. Um, I think that he could play three or four more years depending on, you know, how early and, you know, what Sean McVay can do with Stafford adjustments in this new system. But I think uh, it's going to be exciting to be a Ram. 
Yeah, because I was surprised that the Rams gave up on golf, especially being that they were, I believe, two seasons removed from their Super Bowl run. And they were saying how he kind of regressed since the Super Bowl. But I didn't see the Rams in play for Stafford because I thought he was going to go to the Colts, saying that they were already ready-made to be a title contender and they needed just a QB to man the ship since Phillip Rivers decided to hang it up after this season. Yeah, definitely. Um, shout out to Philip Rivers, man. Another guy that played in the ACC, NC State, uh, Hall of Fame career, in my opinion. Uh, one of the great passers we've seen, um, you know, in the last, you know, decade or so. Uh, just consistent with it. Um, yeah, the Colts are going to have to figure out something, you know. Um, I think this draft will be a good draft for quarterbacks. Um, there's a few of them that may not be, you know, after you get past the Trevor Lawrence's, the Justin Fields, the Zach Wilson's, there's still some talent there. You know, there might be some guys that need a couple of years to develop. But, you know, if you're the Colts, depending on what direction you want to go, there's still some free agency, free agents you can go out and get. Um, Jameis Winston will be in place sooner or later. Um, you know, so guys like that, I think, you know, they could still figure out a QB situation. Yeah. It's just such a crucial position. Yeah, you definitely got to get it right. And it, which brings to me to my next question I want to ask you about a disgruntled quarterback who wants out of Houston. Seems like everybody wants out of Houston. First, James Harden. Now, Deshaun Watson wants to get out of H Town. Yeah, yeah, man. Just not happy with the front office situation. Wanted to be more involved. And um, I think if you're the Carolina Panthers, just speaking, as a, um, a homer a little bit here, man, you know, the rumors have been going around that they're in play for him heavy. And, um, you know, with Matthew Stafford, who they also were interested in, with him being off the board, um, I think, you know, Deshaun Watson, if you have a chance to get him, you definitely have to. But that asking price is going to be steep now that we saw what Stafford went for. Yeah, because I was about to say that the Stafford golf trade and the picks that was given up set a blueprint for what possibly the Texans are going to ask for if you want Watson services. And I think Carolina, as we saw this past season, right. Teddy Bridgewater is just that, a bridge, and he's not your long-term guy. And the Panthers have a, have a dilemma of, do we give up all these picks, maybe possibly throw CMC and some of our young defensive pieces in for Watson, or do we hold pack? at number eight and see who we got in the QB class this year. And I think they have an advantage because they ended up coaching this past weekend senior bowl. So they got to see some of the top QB talent up close. Got some guys. Um, I think mostly the guys that they're going to be looking at though, or, um, you know, Justin Fields probably won't slip down that far. Um, I forget the kid's name um, off the top of my head from North Dakota State, but he's another guy that's ranked pretty high. Um, Kellen Mond played really good in the senior bowl, though, speaking of the quarterback from Texas A&M, and got MVP. Um, I don't know. He may be able to – not saying he'll sneak into the first round, but he's a guy that I think could, you know, make some noise at the combine, potentially, depending on how it goes this year with COVID and, you know, I think he could have a pretty good NFL career if he ends up getting a chance down the line. But yeah, I think the Panthers, I think personally, you're not going to find 
impact. Like, you know, this is a time now where they could push to really make some noise in the NFC. But, you know, if you are going to go get a young quarterback, the eighth pick's not a bad place to start. Yeah, I agree because they show flashes of what they can be on defense after that Green Bay game and a couple of games back after they got adjusted in the Phil Snow system. But I think that they definitely need a piece at quarterback. And then as we've seen in the offseason, they they've been losing some staff due to college positions and things like that. So Coach Rule has right. some positions to reload on. And even Joe Brady, after one year, was getting some looks for some head coaching openings. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. And we've seen that year after year, man, the Panthers coaches being just hot commodities for other teams. And now we're seeing it more so from college. Those guys going back to college, the guys that Matt Rule. Yeah, but that just shows you the pipeline of great coaching when you're able to go out and be on your own. Because if you look at the Panthers coaching staff of 2015, Sean McDermott, who was the D.C., is now the head coach of the Bills. And I pretty much called the Buffalo Bills, a.k.a. the Buffalo Panthers. Because pretty much everybody that was on the Panthers, either playing staff or front office, is up in Buffalo. Yeah, man, uh, they, they brought a lot of people up there. And it seems like if you look back at that Panther Super Bowl team, um, they, they're pretty much built the same, man. It's like looking in a mirror. And uh, the same way that I felt about Cam Newton, how he used to run the ball, it's the same way I looked at Josh Allen. Because the kid, never, he never slides, man. He welcomes the contact. He's yeah, he's never met a defender that he doesn't like. And he can chuck it. Easy. And so I think he's a young, exciting quarterback. Yeah, I definitely agree. Buffalo time is coming. But as long as you got Mahomes, Reed, and B enemy, which I'm still dumbfounded that he does not have a head coaching position as of yet. But if I'm him, I will stay in Kansas City because you got a chance to win a ring every year and everybody is gunning for you. Yeah, man, the enemy situation is mind-baffling to me. Um, you know, the word uh, I've heard, you know, in uh, a strong suit of his. Um, but if you can coach, man, you can coach. So I'm not sure how long he'll be there. But I do love what uh, Mahomes has done for Andy Reid, uh, winning him these Super Bowls. Well, one, maybe another one potentially coming because uh, Reid put in his time in the NFL. Yeah, because when he won that Super Bowl last year, he finally got that tag off of great coach, but couldn't win the big one. And he's probably going to get another yeah. one after this Sunday. And what do you make of the lack of the minority coaches being hired in this current NFL cycle where we have, of course, have Robert Salah, who's coach of the Jets, and then shouts to the Washington football team, hiring Jennifer King on to be a full-time assistant. I believe she's from the 336 area of Reedsville, if it serves me correct. Yep. Yep. Yeah, man, I think that's an awesome opportunity for her and um, just further advances the games for all women that want to continue being involved and 
that are involved. And we're seeing it more and more around the league, uh, it becoming more of a norm. So um, shout out to those ladies uh, making their impact in the game. Um, I think that uh, it'll definitely be something to monitor. Um, I think that the league is ever-changing, man. It's always evolving, and um, it's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah, and also big shout-out to current Washington football team coach and former Panthers coach Ron Rivera. He was declared cancer-free, so shout-out to Coach Rivera on uh, kicking cancer in the butt and being declared cancer-free because I know it was a – trying season for him, coaching, and then, of course, going through his uh, cancer diagnosis and treatment. Oh, most definitely. Oh, and, and to just touch a little bit uh, beforehand, sorry about the, the latter part of your question, man. Um, I think it's it's honestly ridiculous, the lack of uh, minority coaches in uh, assistant roles and head coaching roles um, in the quarterback or in the NFL um, we see that these guys um, are we look leash man because we see coaches getting canned a lot of black coaches getting canned um, for you know the the same having the same statistics as some of their counterparts that have remained in similar roles for years and years and years. Um, but yeah, man, people, people deserve a chance. More guys deserve a chance, even in college as well. We need more black offensive coordinators out there and QB coaches. Cause you look at black quarterbacks who are dominating the league right now with Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, of course, um, and guys like that. So, um, obviously, you know, guys that look like us can coach the position and Right, because it's almost like you're in a situation where do I go on this interview because I know I'm fully qualified for the job or do I go on this interview just to get in the room but knowing that they're doing it just to fill that box? Because if we look at Steve Wilkes, he only got to coach the Cardinals for a year before they can him and hired Cliff Kingsbury out of Texas Tech. Yeah, man, honestly, it's it's just the ongoing trend that you see at multiple levels in the game and even as a media professional you know um we experience experience things like that as well mm, yeah you got to work 10 times as hard to get half and you always really got to be on your end game now switching gears to basketball although i thought it was good that Giannis decided to re-up in milwaukee but once that hardened trade to brooklyn happened it was like Bucks are not coming out of the East. So do you think that the East is the next to lose? And what can Milwaukee do to try to overtake that and see if they can maybe make a move or two at the trade deadline? Um, Honestly, no. Uh, the Nets You know, they're they're not looking like they're going to be representing the East at all. Um, I think it's still early in this experiment, and they will get better. But if we're talking about currently, um, I think the Celtics, I would say the East would be theirs to probably lose. Uh, the Bucks and Giannis have to get over that hump. I think that um, they'll definitely have something to say. I like the addition of Drew Holiday. They did some good things to surround him with some more weapons. Um, you know, and Giannis is going to be Giannis and do Greek freak things. 
Uh, I think the Celtics, Jason Tatum's playing out of his mind right now. I think they'll have something to say. Uh, the 76ers look pretty good. Uh, they'll get healthy and be back. Uh, the Heat, I know they're, they've gotten off to a slow start, but uh, I wouldn't count them out either. Um, I think that they could potentially get hot. But if we're talking about a team just in general, if it's theirs to lose, man, I got I to gotta start with the Boston Celtics. Okay, so you get the C's coming out of the East. So you see Lakers, Celtics, NBA Finals, if things play out and we'll get another story matchup for that rivalry and the NBA Finals? I think that's a possibility for sure if we're talking about right now. Um, I do think that the Nets will continue to get better, and I think they will have something to say. In the East, I mean, you can't put three guys like that together. And it's no shade to them because Kyrie Irving's my favorite player in the league. Much respect to all three of those guys. Um, they've all, you know, uh, accomplished great things at the highest level in this league. Um, so not doubting their abilities, but the numbers don't lie. Um, and defensively, you got to play at a high level to get to the finals, no matter what generation of NBA it is. Giving up a buck twenty each game, it ain't cutting it. Nah, it definitely is not cutting it. I think Lakers are going to be coming out of the West and then out of the East. I think it's probably going to be Boston, Philly, or Brooklyn. But in the end of the day, I have the Lakers going back to back, unless injuries or anything else. Lakers are going to take the ship again. Now switching gears to college basketball, it's been up and down. This season with college because of COVID, because of the starting and stopping of games in the conferences. And what's going on with Duke? Because Duke has been sliding in the ACC. And I know that they were saying that this Duke team is filled with young bucks that can use maybe another year or two of seasoning before they go pro. And Duke has gotten spoiled over the years with a lot of the five-star recruits. They'll be one and done. Yeah, uh, definitely not your typical Duke team. I think when to just touch on that a little bit, um, when you're used to being the epitome of basketball or college basketball year in and year out, um, especially with that recent class with Zion and RJ Barrett, you get that show once every 10, 20 years. So I think it did spoil a lot of Duke fans out there and they were expecting that same production. There has been a drop-off, but we can't overlook the COVID situation. Um, usually the Coach K is getting these guys in June, July. He's not getting most of these guys this year until, you know, the fall, September, October. So guys aren't getting those international tours. They're not getting those summer training camps. It's a lot of time that a lot of these freshmen has missed out on, a lot of valuable time to learn and grow with this coaching staff and get accustomed to the system that they're coming into at Duke, which is very demanding, not only academically, but also on the court, um, getting everybody's best shot night in and night out. So um, I think that it set them back a lot, but I do think that this group will continue to get better and find a groove. And, um, you know, they could be one to watch come March, but, um, you know, a lot of talent on this team. Just, I think that the time missed early in the season and the preseason really hurt these young players yeah and as a carolina fan i'm enjoying duke being on the downward slope and what do you make of the current batch of tar heels this year yeah 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 i think the carolina continues to improve 
having that early position because everybody knows Carolina is known for their big men and offensive rebounding. But we also you gotta you gotta know that they're known for that point guard position too. Everything at Carolina runs through a point guard, and having a young freshman in there, Caleb Love, picking up Roy's system. You know, Roy demands a lot of his point guards year in and year out. Um, you know, it's a tough thing to pick up and be ready to go starting months later than you typically would. So I think him and R.J. Davis are adjusting, and I think those guys will continue to get better. Um, Walton has been really good, the unsung hero, the best shooter on the team. Um, the least uh, touted freshman coming in has really just played amazing. Uh, Dayron Sharp, everybody in the hoop circle around here was very familiar with the name in the high school hoop circle. Um, a grown man, just a dog, probably going to be a lottery pick, one of the best offensive rebounders in college basketball right now, um, can shoot it a little bit, very mobile and just strong as an ox, and plays defense, plays really hard. Um, I think this team has one of the best front courts. Mondo Bacot has been really good for this team as well. Um, so I think I definitely – Yeah, I definitely think this year is a crapshoot as far as college basketball is concerned because of COVID and guys opting out. That I think if it was up to me, it'll be a uh, upperclassman led team that I'll probably win it all. I think Mark Few at Gonzaga, he's due to get one so he can shed that label like Jay Wright did a couple of years ago when he beat my Tar Heels in that buzzer beater. That was the worst sports year ever. Carolina lost a Super Bowl to Denver. And then a couple months later, Carolina lost on the buzzer beater three to Villanova for the NCAA title game. Yep. So I think that um, Gonzaga or Iowa is, is going to win it. And also, how's the hoop scene high school-wise looking in the triad? Because I believe when I was listening to the rundown over on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, that NCHSAA they said that kids can play basketball, but you got to wear your mask on through the direction of play. And how's that been affecting the teams this season? Yeah, it's been enforced. Uh, to be honest, most kids that I've seen are going with the chin strap approach, having the mask down here. So it hasn't been affected much. Um, I think they are doing a great job of um, – enforcing the rule for the crowds and the media that are being present as well, um, you know, staying safe. But as far as the players, it season's been going for a few weeks and it's been a lot of good action and uh, football practice actually starts next week. So we'll be cranking up with that as well. Yeah, that was going to lead me to my next question because I know that the private schools still had their season regularly. And then I know that NCHSAA right. were telling schools you could probably do spring football. So we're still looking at spring football this year. getting started it's gonna look a lot different um it's gonna be a, a mixed feeling a lot of the star players from last year that were set to be seniors this year have already gone on and early enrolled in college programs to get a jump so uh it'll be an opportunity for a lot of these younger guys and unsung heroes to break out and get some college eyes on themselves 
Yeah, because I know with the loss of the football season, especially early on, you don't have any fresh tape to show recruiters. So they pretty much had to go by what was your junior or sophomore season because that was the most recent game film that they have on you. So I'm at least glad that North Carolina, they're starting football for the, for the guys so that way they can get some tape on them so they could possibly get a scholarship and everything like that. So real quickly before I get you on out of here, is are there some people that we should be on the lookout for on the triad hoop scene and that could possibly be a big commit to one of these ACC powerhouses? Um, yeah, I think, the, man, there's always so much talent around here um, within the hoop state. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that have signed. There's a lot of guys that are playing well right now on the college scene as well. Uh, some guys um, right here at Wake Forest University that have been having some big games recently. Damian Williamson, who's from here, born and raised, uh, came over with Coach Forbes uh, from East Tennessee State. Uh, you know, has been playing really well. Carter Witt was a kid who was supposed to be playing high school basketball, skipped his senior year this year and joined Wake Forest early and got started immediately upon his arrival on campus, was given the point guard, uh, starting point guard role, and has been cooking ever since. Um, but, yeah, as far as the high school scene, man, there's a lot of talent uh, around here, uh, kids that have committed already and kids that will be looking to commit. Uh, one big target, Breon Pass, uh, plays at Reedsville High School. We mentioned earlier, we'll be going to NC State. Uh, that'll be a big get for them. Uh, Eric Vanderheijen uh, out of uh, Millbrook High School going to Louisville will be definitely one to watch. Um, you know, there, there's a bunch of guys that come in to make an impact uh, around multiple schools in uh, North Carolina and in the ACC on Tobacco Road. Yeah, because, you know, the ACC always lands the top of the line, cream of the crop recruits. And I think Forbes, who you mentioned, new coach at Wake, once he gets his guys in the system, they're going to be something to watch out for for the next two to three years once he gets his recruits and once they learn his system. So that way Wake Forest can be back to levels that Winston-Salem hasn't seen since the days of CP3, Josh Howard, and even further back with Randolph Childress and Tim Duncan. Definitely. Um, and they'll be fun to watch. Uh, two guys, Dontre Styles and DeMarco Dunn, out of the eastern part of North Carolina, both committed to the UNC Chapel Hill. Roy got two of the top three players in the state with those two guys, both playing the guard position. Uh, uh, um, I, out of Kingston High School, excuse me. Um, Styles is the next one out of Kingston. If you're familiar with high school basketball, um, you know, Brandon Ingram, Jerry, Jerry Stackhouse, guys like that have come through. Uh, Reggie Bullock and uh, Dontre Styles is next up. Uh, Marco Dunn's a kid transferred uh, out of Arizona, came from Arizona, won a state title his first year here at Westover High School, uh, one of the top players in his class as well, top 100 kid. Um, you know, those will be two guards to watch at North Carolina next year. That'll be fun. That are two local kids that, you know, have played their high school ball here.
And you mentioned Kinston, which is in my neck of the woods, North Carolina, 252, basketball hotbed. You mentioned Jerry Stackhouse, Reggie Bullock, B.I., Brandon Ingram, Cedric Cornbread, Maxwell came mm-hmm. out of Kinston. Definitely well-known hoop spot if you're looking for talent. And also, too, out of Little Washington, we had Dominique Wilkins, Bam out of Bio. Oh, yeah. And then... Yep. Montrez Harrell from Edgecombe County played two years at North Edgecombe before transferring. So it's good to see Eastern North Carolina get on the map NBA-wise. And, of course, out of Goldsboro, Kobe White. Definitely. Coach Keats is just doing a tremendous job of uh, staffing these classes at NC State and uh, Coach Tittle, his uh, his uh, protege down at um, UNC Wilmington, has got a load of talent coming in as well. Jamari Thomas, one of the top uh, point guards in the triad, going down there to UNC Wilmington. So they're doing a great job, and uh, and doing some things too. I think guys are really doing a great job of uh, recruiting the state, man. And you're seeing it pay dividends. UNCG, another school doing a great job of recruiting the state and uh, it's paying dividends for these programs. Yeah, definitely. Big shout out to Wes Miller and uh, UNCG doing his theme alma mater. Then as of the taping of this podcast, it's on February 1st and on this day birthed the beginnings of the civil rights movement down the street, downtown Greensboro, four young men from North Carolina A&T integrated a Woolworths counter and started a movement. And if you go to North Carolina A&T, you'll see a statue of those four men. We know them locally in the triad area as the Greensboro Four. And if you get a chance, definitely go check out the International Civil Rights History Museum located on February 1 Road in downtown Greensboro, which is just right up the street from North Carolina A&T. So I would be remiss if we did not mention the impact, the legacy that those four men brought us. And then also Clarence Big House Gaines from Winston-Salem State University legendary basketball coach of course we know the close ties of yep. chris paul and with salem state and of course stephen a smith played basketball under clarence bickhouse games at once salem state so definitely can't can't forget that and everything like that so 90s hip-hop really quick what is one 90s rap album that you have not had the chance to listen to yet but you always heard about from maybe those older than you to say man I want to take a listen to that. I'll say that one more time. All right. What is one 90s hip-hop album that you've been recommended to listen to, but you never heard it, and you always heard a lot of good things about it, but you never had a chance to actually sit down and listen to it, maybe cover to cover? Um, Honestly, man, I'm pretty hip to a lot of 90s music. I wouldn't say that I've actually really ran into that encounter. Um, most recommendations I take from people close to me, if I, uh, if you tell me something's hot, you know, I go check it out and see what's good. I will say one album that really caught my attention where I didn't realize, you know, um, how dope it really was from the origins that uh, people would tell me about that I never really listened to was Old Outcast. maybe three to four years ago. And that's one that I still listen to 
uh, pretty frequent. And man, just the flows and the production and just everything about that album, man, it's just it's it's different from anything I think at that time. It was uh, three stacks and Big Boy, man, just was trendsetters at that time. And I know everybody says that three stacks, you know, eats up Big Boy. But I think on that album specifically, man, Big Boy really, really held his own. Yeah, and if you like that old school outcast, I don't know if you listen to any Goody Mob, but I recommend Cell Therapy by Goody Mob if you have not listened to it already. Since that's from the same line of work with Outkast because they were produced by the Dungeon family, which is Rico Wade, Ray Murray, Sleepy Brown, and all of them came up at the same time at that whole collective. So Outkast, not Outkast, excuse me, Goody Mob, Cell Therapy, definitely a good album for from me to you to recommend to listen to. So before we wrap, any sure. shout outs you want to give, plug social, and where can folks listen to you? And how can they get a hold of you, bro? For sure, for sure. Uh, first out, shout out to you, Jarrell. I appreciate you for having me on, man, and giving other media professionals a platform to kind of express themselves. So uh, thank you for that. Um, as far as me, man, you guys can find all my stuff on uh, social media, all platforms, Brandon Lee TV. Well, and sports related, man, I'm on it. Um, also, motivation, I've gotten into sharing a lot of more motivational stuff, a prom request and poetry and stuff like that. So, man, I'm just an entertainer and uh, you know, a uh, motivator all in one. So I appreciate you again, man. No problem, bro. We're going to have that TED Talk coming. Also, shout out to my boy, Des. Look at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. You can go to the website, sure, check out sure. the rundown, see what I did there, the rundown of all the shows that they have coming. Definitely great content. You get that ESPN radio feel, but with a triad spin. So once again, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. And also, there's a Facebook page on there as well. And also, shout out to Brian Snow, Snowman in the Morning, doing his thing, Rod Thunderbird, the whole Tobacco Road Sports Radio crew. You guys, hey, if you want to come on, you guys got a spot. Ladies and gentlemen, you can catch this interview on audio and streaming platforms wherever you stream your podcast, and on my YouTube channel of the same name, Beyond the Album Cover, all one word. And be sure to subscribe to the Facebook page, Beyond the Album Cover, to stay updated with all things show-related. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Brandon Blakely from WGHP, Piedmont Triad Area. Brandon, thank you once again for coming on to Beyond the Album Cover. For sure, man. Y'all stay alive and healthy. Stay focused out here, man. Yes, sir.